Hey, Salt Lake, at the risk of being too personal, is your mattress sagging? If you are rolling into a taco every night, I am begging you to visit your local mattress warehouse and just try something a little firmer. Your spine is the center of your being, and I don't just want you to have good posture. I want you to Disney princess your way around this city, flush with optimism from a good night's sleep. Visit mattresswarehouseutah.com to find the location nearest you. That's mattresswarehouseutah.com. Today on CityCast Salt Lake, cities across the Salt Lake Valley are now in budget season, whereby the mayor proposes a budget to the council and the council take a vote on it. I don't know about you, but for me, I understand the budget is a reflection of the city's values and priorities, but I feel incredibly disconnected from the process. The city of South Salt Lake has invested in solving this problem with a program called Flash Vote. And my friend Natalie Pinckney, the vice chair of the South Salt Lake City Council, is on a mission to make budget conversations more engaging. It's Tuesday, April 26th, 2022. I'm Ali Bayar This is CityCast Salt Lake. <laughs> Natalie, welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for being here. I'm excited to be on the pod. I mean, it's about time. Right? <laughs> okay, before we get into the ins and outs of budgeting and what's up in South Salt Lake, my first question for you is, why is South Salt Lake potentially cooler than Salt Lake City? Uh, Oh my God. Okay. I love this question because we can be much more progressive, innovative, and modern than Salt Lake City. Every time Salt Lake does something, the legislator, it's like the whole force of the state is like on them. But you know, it's little Salt Lake does it. They don't even, they don't even notice it. You know, I'll go to the hill and be like, but we're already doing that in our city. And they're like, (laughs) and then, you know, and then, and then maybe the whole force of the state will be on us. But that's what's really great about Salsa. Like we're we're small enough that it's not a big impact, and we can kind of do what what Salt Lake City has a, a lot of barriers to do. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, and I think that's what makes following South Salt Lake politics and the South Salt Lake City Council so much fun and so interesting. Um, the question that I have for you today is basically, I think when it comes to our relationship with city decision-making and city councils, I think everywhere in the Valley, there is this feeling that like, we're angry after the fact, like we get angry too late and we feel like we get information too late. And I want to figure out how we get angry at like the right time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so particular to this moment that we're in, which is basically it's budget season, cities are putting together their budgets. That's where the rubber meets the road. And a lot of the, the influence that citizens have, and also like the decision-making about how we spend money and what our cities look like and how they operate. What advice do you have for people who want to really engage with this process? Know when the budget's happening. The fiscal year is from July 1st to June 30th. So that means by the end of June, all cities around the state have to adopt a budget. Um, And usually there's a whole process, there's a public meeting. But if you're waiting till that public meeting, you know, you're not too late. You could definitely give input. But a lot of times 
people are wanting to be there in the beginning when the budget is being crafted. And a lot of those conversations are either, if they're not happening publicly at a work meeting, might be happening behind closed doors. So it's really in um, people's, you know, um, right to really pay attention to when their city is starting the process and start to understand how their city does the process. In South Salt Lake, we do public work meetings where we are talking about the budget, where each city council member will actually state what their priority is. So you can, so we can let the mayor know because the mayor is ultimately the one who's crafting the budget and presenting it to the city council. So, you know, the council doesn't have every single right to the budget either. It's a definitely something that we're working with the mayor with, with the staff um, and the council ourselves. So, you know, that this time is the time to get involved. Um, budgets have until June 30th. So if people haven't gone to a council meeting yet or even emailed or reach out to their counts, their counselor, please do so and let them know this is a priority for me. Um, and get that conversation going. Obviously, the more people who have the same issue, that causes traction. So, you know, if you're not afraid to talk to your neighborhood and get to know your neighbors, I know that sounds scary, but trust me, I've knocked enough doors to know that people are probably upset or passionate about the same thing you are. You just don't know it yet. And probably the city doesn't either because the one thing that we want is for people to come, uh, but we know that people are busy. Uh, so making sure that you can be creative and still be active in your community, I think, should still be a priority, even if that means it's an email. That That's a lot. I want to talk about Flash Vote because I saw this, I think, on your Twitter. Mm-hmm. I signed up for it, even though I don't live in South Salt Lake. So maybe you're going to kick me off. But what exactly is it? And how is it that South Salt Lake so easily could just like give it a shot? Yeah, I think, you know, this is um, I'm going on what my third, almost fourth year of council. And, you know, we've really talked about citizen engagement. And it's kind of what you said. People get mad after the fact. When I was running for office in 2019, um, there was a big conversation about property taxes and and the budget process. And that's where, um, you know, I learned about participatory budgets. But people weren't there before we were having those meetings. And a lot of times, you know, the city council members will always make that a comment you know, you know, you have to come, you have to come. But, you know, to your point, people are busy. So when we started talking about how we just wanted, you know, to improve our park or, you know, conversations about where the city was going, um, especially when we were having our general plan. So cities every um, every decade or so get to actually plan out the future of the city. So we sat there and planned for 2040. Um, on the city council. And that took a lot of citizen engagement. And that was a really great time for us to start to understand how c- people were viewing their neighborhoods, were viewing the city. And that really showed us that it's not a scary thing to ask people what they want. If anything, it it allows it to be less of this, you know, tug of war or it feels like, you know, this concentration of power that you don't have any access to. So really the conversation became, how can we, you know, have a website or an app or something that people can engage with? So uh, we had some presentations about different platforms that we could bring to the city and ultimately Flash Vote um, won our bid. And we were, you know, we're working with them now to implement it so that we can get the survey going. But it was really an effort of all the city and all the uh, of um, the city council, excuse me, and the mayor. We were all on board because. There are a lot of controversial things or things that you don't even think are controversial. Like from my point of view, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's kind of, you know, of course, that's the answer. 
And then you get emails and people are like, no, actually, I am frustrated about this, you know, which is great. It's in your right to be. But I think it's an easier way of going about politics is getting people more involved, not less involved in the process. So what would flash vote actually do? Like, would it send me a text that's like, hey, your city council is voting on X. How do you feel about it? So um, from my understanding, you create a platform and then we will send out um, a survey via that. I'm not quite sure the notification part. We're very new in the form. Right now, we're trying to get 400 people to sign up, and that has been a big struggle. So a lot of that um, that future process of notifications, I assume that is the case. Um, I hope it is, but I'm not really quite sure 100% about the technology because right now we're just trying to drive a lot of people uh, to sign up so that we can make it really popular. But it's a really new thing. I don't know many cities that are doing something similar to that. So I think it's kind of new for people to be like, you know, what what is this? Why, why should I care? Or they probably don't even know majority of the fact. If you're listening to this and you live in South Salt Lake, sign up for Flash Vote. Yes, This is sign the up. future. <laughs> what are some of the top sort of like issues or what are... What are the top things that you all are working through right now as you prepare your South Salt Lake City budget, which you're going to vote on Wednesday evening, right? So the budget hasn't been presented yet. So what we're waiting for is the the mayor to present the budget, and then we will make a vote that says that we have received the budget. Before Mm. we can even adopt the budget, we have to have a public being. Um, and that's where, you know, people will come out and let us know how they feel about a budget. And then if there's any taxes increase, we have to do a truth in taxation in August again before we can improve any increases to taxes. So when I say we're at the very beginning, I haven't even seen the budget. I don't know what the budget even looks like yet. So that's what we're waiting for. Um, and that's where a lot of the conversations will go. When it comes to the top concerns, you know, for our citizens in South Salt Lake, it's definitely their neighborhoods. The one thing that we've been seeing since the pandemic and, you know, in this kind of era right now, the pandemic that we're in, is that people do really care about their neighborhoods and about the future, you know, of of their families. So we're really wanting to make sure that we're creating a budget that really just kind of gets back to the basic needs of what cities do to get your neighborhood functioning. I know that sounds weird, but, you know, if you don't have streetlights and if every time it rains, it's flooding in your street and, you know, your people are speeding through your neighborhood and it's unsafe for your kids to play outside. Those are really big, impactful things, especially as people are starting to work from home more um, and have a little bit more freedom um, to maybe stay at home. Uh, safety is also a big concern um, with conversations about about crime or property theft. I think property theft is really the the number one um, crime right now versus like any violent acts. So that has been a conversation um, past the Civilian Review Board, which is a top priority for me. Uh, so, you know, when we talk about public safety, it's not in my head just about fire and police. It's also about the Civilian Review Board and making sure that is a classification um, for our city. So those are things that are, are really top priorities uh, that, that we'll probably start to see from, from cities, just improvements and, and making sure to keep up with inflation and a lot of the, the losses that were happening in the beginning of 2020. And we were, without the CARES Act, I don't know how many cities would still be, be here to, to really put it in perspective. So we, we're still playing catch up physically when it comes to some of that. Yeah. I want to talk about participatory budgeting because I know this is something you've brought up and it does feel like maybe it's the new frontier in community engagement 
with city council decision making. It's it's a uh, jargony sort of word. What does it mean and how does it break down? Yeah, I guess in the simplest form, it's the city creating a committee of citizens who are allowed to uh, present ideas. So in cities around the nation, I think Lansing has done it, um, New Haven, Connecticut. They'll have citizens actually come. They'll make small groups, have brainstorming sessions. And then after those brainstorming sessions, come up with maybe three or five larger ideas. Uh, They'll have a a night where people can come out and see displays and hear about, you know, why we should add um, a new garden or why we should put a whale in the city or why we should (laughs) (laughs) or why we should, you know, even paint the, the street green, whatever idea you have. And then everyone gets to vote on that. And it's not voting like you're voting in November. It's literally everyone. If you're a resident of a city, you get to cast your vote. And it's using discretionary funds. And most of those discretionary funds do come from capital funds. Cities only um, in their budget, there's the general fund and then there's also the capital fund. And that's where I was talking about earlier, where you can kind of have fun and play around and think about creativity. And a lot of times those decisions are being made in the budget by direction of the staff with, you know, consulting the city council. You know, but my purview is if we have twenty or thirty thousand dollars that we're already allocating for some project, instead of us coming up with a project or instead of staff coming up with a project, what about our citizens um, get a say in that? And some cities have even made it more. You know, it's a hundred thousand dollars, maybe it's a million dollars, maybe it's twenty percent of their discretionary funds. And discretionary is one of those ambiguous words that cities can have have a creativity of what that means. And I think it's really empowering to bring citizens together, give them a a, a committee and and support, and then engage with the other residents of their city and say, this is what we want to do. And then that next year, have it actually be implemented as this kind of collaborative measure of moving the city forward. And a lot of times that doesn't really happen because, you know, people elect uh, their city council person and the budget just kind of get passed and it just feels like it's happening to you versus the participatory budget, you're doing it with with the council. So that is definitely something that I am really passionate about and wanting to, you know, um, really gain traction with. So, you know, our platforms like Flash Vote, getting people engaged and connected, especially this budget season, um, since, you know, people are getting more comfortable of leaving their house and engaging with people in person. Maybe we'll start to see that passion um, and use that passion and that fiery and energy to get people connected so that the next c- cycle we can have um, some system like that in place. So you think flash vote is sort of the gateway, perhaps, to participatory budgeting? I think it is. I don't know if anyone else in the city thinks it is, but that's why <laughs> when they were presenting it, I was like, yeah, there's so many <laughs> questions I would love to ask citizens, you know, because. If not, the only other way is really knocking a door. Like you said, most people are really not going to come to city council meetings because you have a life and that makes total sense. Um, so the only other way for for folks to really know is, you know, maybe I, I come to your door and I, I knock a neighborhood and ask for for your opinion, which I'll probably do anyway, just because I do like talking to residents. But, you know, sometimes people would, would rather just spend two minutes on their phone to say, yes, I would love for us to install a water fountain. Yeah. Well, as someone who grew up doing Cosmopolitan magazine quizzes, there's nothing I love more than being like asked to take a poll. I find it so gratifying. Yes, I love a good 
Cosmo quiz. <laughs> Honestly. So something you brought up and you mentioned about participatory budgeting that I think is really interesting is that when it comes time for a vote on the proposed sort of community budget, everyone can vote on that. That is for residents. That is not just for citizens. Is that exactly. correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's a really so, key distinction. It's about yeah. residents, not citizens. And that's huge in South Salt Lake where we have a big refugee population that engages with their after school program promise south salt lake and in you know our city we're a welcoming city to refugee families and what is the best way to make them feel like they're part of a community than having an input on how the community is going forward when they're not able to vote in electoral politics and i think that makes it feel like you're actually a part of a community and that we're all working at something together so that's what's even more um i think beneficial to to this process I love it. I personally can't vote. So, um, (laughs) and as you probably can tell, I care deeply about what happens in my community. So, um, that's an exciting opportunity. I think Natalie, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and the work you're doing in South Salt Lake. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. Yeah. Go South Salt Lake. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye. One more thing before we go, Mural Fest is right around the corner. And if you've never been, you are in for a real treat. South Salt Lake is home to the largest collection of street art in Utah. And every year they invite and compensate muralists from the community and the world to decorate the city's walls. This year, they will add 10 new murals to the city's collection of 35 from past years of Mural Fest. The overall goal is 100 murals on 100 walls. So if you are or know a business owner in South Salt Lake that would be interested in hosting a mural on your exterior walls, reach out to Natalie at npinkney at sslc.com. If you just want to attend Mural Fest, there's an artist meet and greet with self-guided mural tours and food trucks on Saturday, May 14th from 5 to 8 p.m., At themuralfest.com, there's a map with all the murals so you can plan your own tour de South Salt Lake when it works for you. That's our show today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. Don't forget Friday is our call-in show. You can leave us your questions, comments, and concerns this week at 801-203-0137. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. If people don't know about Mural Fest, <laughs> uh, it's like, I mean, there's so many great things about Salsa Lake, but this is my favorite thing. 